This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. TV Wrestling Network, friends and family, welcome to uh, this week's episode of your home for everything current, up-to-date, modern-day professional wrestling, Place to Be Nation's main event. I hope everyone in America, because not all in North America, had Thanksgiving. Canada's was like, I don't know, last month or something. Yeah, last month. I uh, hope everyone in the Americas had a very nice Thanksgiving weekend. I'm Scott Criscola. Uh, not much happened in wrestling this past week. It was Thanksgiving. People were watching games. That's about it. There's nothing much else going on. So we're going to talk more about um, how crappy Florida State is without their quarterback and how Georgia seems to slow, seems to sleepwalk its way through the first quarter and a half of every game they play in. Um, no, we're not. <laughs> we all know what went on this week. Um, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to talk about, and we all know who it is. So let's uh, bring in my crew. In fact, the guy who I don't think has ever been on main event is with us tonight. Uh, and we will introduce him uh, first. Uh, he is uh, a, a loyal and wonderful member of the PTB family. You can also hear him over on the Noso. He does Cronoso. He does a bunch of other stuff. He'll give you his resume later. Um, and one thing I have the utmost respect for for this gentleman, he loves loves flaunting the most unpopular opinions and doesn't care whether you like it or not. Kind of like me. Welcome to the main event. Ryan Gray. How are you, sir? Who says they're going to be unpopular? But anyways, thank you, Scott. Thanks for the invite. <laughs> I'm excited to do it. It's my first time turning Skype on since April. So uh, I'm ready. To, I'm excited just to sit back and talk and not having to worry about edit and uploading afterwards. No, I got that for you. I didn't say you were unpopular. I said sometimes your opinions, uh, even though they're correct, are unpopular by some. And what I love is you don't care whether they are or not. I appreciate that. You're not unpopular. You're the best. I saw you this weekend. I wish I'd seen you Saturday. We could have kept someone in line, but I did see you Friday night at the uh, PC win over uh, Lehigh. Uh, also joining me this evening is the guy that's on the uh, AEW disciplinary committee. <laughs> that's a guy I would trust. Not any of those other clowns. This guy I would trust. But uh, he is, of course, the conscience of place to be nationed. Good evening, Mr. Steve. Aloysius Willie. How are you? Thank you for having me on. It's my first time on the main event, so I'm really happy to be <laughs> No. You wrote that script in 2017. No, I'm yes. sorry, you wrote that script in like 2014. Sorry. <laughs> At one point, I was going to go back and see how many of the episodes I've been on because it's I'm like I'm sure it's like three quarters at least. But uh, oh yeah, this is what 220. I think this is two 226, I and mean, you've probably been on at least 100 and probably 75 of them. I would think. Yeah, I would think about. Hey, yeah, like I think during COVID, you were on I think most of the off. first. You were on most of the first 90 something when we had the core four or mm-hmm. then when Nate came in um we bounced back and forth and we had some other guys we had pete so but you've been on for i, I would say you've at least been on 170 of the 225 so uh anyway uh guys thank you always a pleasure um thanksgiving weekend came and went um of course we had uh we had full gear the previous saturday uh which ended up being another moderate decent show What's that? 
Um, uh, and uh, MJF retained the title over Jay White. Jay White was not happy with the creative of that match, apparently. But um, And now we look ahead to World's End, which is the uh, their next pay-per-view outing on December 30th in Long Island. We'll see if Mr. D'Amato goes. Curious. He may just go for the heck of it, even though he's not the biggest AEW fan, but we'll see. Um, and then, of course, early, earlier this week on Dynamite was the announcement that Revolution, which will be the next pay-per-view after that, is uh, in early March uh, in Char- uh, Greensboro. In Greensboro, because that, of course, will be the night that Sting uh, retires. He'll probably wrestle Darby Allen, but Steve, you and I will talk about that over the coming weeks and a couple months. So, but what we're really going to talk about is, of course, what happened on Saturday night in Chicago at Survivor Series in what was overall a really, really good show. Great matches. Um, Both Hell in a Cell matches were exceptional, I thought. Uh, I thought Rhea Ripley and Zoe Stark. Um, I'm not the biggest Zoe Stark fan, but... uh, but I thought she wrestled well against Rhea. I thought um, Gunther and Miz was actually pretty good. I think uh, JR said it was probably Miz's best match ever. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, um, and then the big return, R-Truth. I know I'm stealing Triple H's joke. Um, obviously, <laughs> Randy Orton came back. Randy Orton looks great, by the way. Looks a little swole. He doesn't look. He does, his his torso doesn't look like a triangle like Triple H's did when he came back in two thousand two. <laughs> but it was but it was pretty close. It was more like inventing a, a new body type. <laughs> I know, pretty close. Um, <laughs> then the copyright came up. We had a Bobby Lashley vignette, and we went to the press conference. So, or did we? I remember sitting in the basement of uh, the Sopo, otherwise known as Studio A. And we were all sitting there, me and uh, Jr. and uh, Mr. Langston and Mr. Flanagan, Mr. Morissette, um, and uh, the manchild of PTB, Mr. Grunberg. And um, uh, we saw, because normally... What's that? I think there's just some feedback happening. Oh. Um, So, after... The copyright came up. Usually when you've watched, I mean, we've been watching WWE pay-per-views for for decades. Copyright's usually up. It's usually a tight shot. It's usually a tight shot of whoever's in the ring. Heels, faces, whatever. But then they went to a wide shot of the of the venue with the score with the scoreboard side. And then I'm like, and J- JR looks at me and goes, Yep, we're not done yet. And I'm thinking, what does he mean? And I'm like, oh, and then it happened. Suddenly, Satan put on a parka. Suddenly, fire turned to ice. It is now Dante's igloo. For hell doth frozen over. And suddenly, of course, the fucking place went nuts. And Mr. Phil walked up the path. Um... Place was apoplectic. I wouldn't say it's his biggest pop ever. Some people contend the Money in the Bank 2011 is still the biggest, but this one's pretty big. Um, said nothing. 
Uh, I did like the, I think more than the punk chant, I think I like the It's Clobber in Time. I always think that's awesome. Comic nerd like punk. And, uh, but that guy kept chanting Chicago. I needed a punch in the face because he was just fucking annoying. Um, (laughs) Chicago. No shit, Sherlock. We know what fucking city we're in. You wasted your moment on television next to Phil and that's what you chant? The city? They should just uh, shout Rosemont. Yeah, exactly. Rosemont. Rosemont. You didn't even get the town right. <laughs> it's like an um, all out. Out town Chicago and Hoffman Estates. The Estates of Hoffman. Yeah, the Estates of Hoffman. So then two nights later, Monday, Monday Night Raw from Nashville. And uh, Punk makes his Raw return, which I'm sure it was the last. His last Raw was probably the go-home Raw before the 2014 Royal Rumble, because he didn't come back after that. Um, cut a very vanilla promo. Except the last line, which was the most truthful line that we've heard all week. I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to make money, which is what everyone's going to be doing. And there we go. So, Ryan, I'll start with you. Uh, what were your thoughts? Like, seeing him come out and... You're just your initial thoughts when you first saw him on the screen. Because we've been talking in the chat for weeks and everybody was like, oh, blah, 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 blah. we weren't sure what was going on. What were your thoughts when you saw it finally happen? Well, uh, honestly, just shocked. You know, you, you don't believe the rumors, of course, but you're kind of hopeful. Uh, he's a man without a home. Uh, he's just he's so controversial. He's so charismatic. He's so illuminating he's you know you love him you hate him but i don't really think you're very indifferent to him you know so he's very kind of grabbing in a way so it's personally i'm i i don't want to say adore but i think he was like the last guy i was a fan of really so he's popping off in 2010 20 when he's getting really hot i'm still in my early to mid 20s right so i'm still invested in that way so to speak so i'm I'm like Team Phil all the way. I'm indifferent. I'm uh, probably obviously on his side, let's so to speak, right? So to me, I'm excited. Uh, I I was sad that he left AEW. Well, he didn't leave AEW. He got fired from AEW. He just couldn't get over himself. Um, those personalities just well, I'm sure we'll get into that. Just weren't aligning up. So I was happy he was back, um, but I was sad he was gone. And then you know. Triple H with the Brunos and the Warriors and all the things that he's done in the past to make wrongs right. I could I saw the opportunity. I was open minded and I believed that one day it would happen. I didn't think it was Chicago. I felt that it was too fresh. The wound was still too open and they didn't have enough peroxide on it to make it happen. You know, I thought it was still infected in a way, so to speak. But if you believe the tea leaves, they talked 11 days prior, 10 days prior or whatever. And they signed the deal that morning. So Triple H pulled one out of the hat. I believe four people knew. CM Punk, Nick Khan, Triple H, and maybe Lars Fredericks. <laughs> so <it's laughs> so I, and from that aspect, I was thrilled that the shock value, that the dirt sheets, and everyone was swerved, bro, and that – he was arrived. I love that the kind of the secret is back. Triple H is that my takeaway from that is Triple H kudos hat tip to you to kind of 
resetting the market on the rumor mill of the IWC and, you know, the, the rumors of bullshit out there. So he really reset the market on that. You know, that's huge. The surprise factor seems to be fresh and opportunist again. So from that, I was genuinely shocked and surprised and overall thrilled to be, to be blunt, really. Mm. Steve. Hi. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) I I have such a a love hate relationship with punk lately. Um, I've uh, just like you, Ryan, I've always been uh, a really big fan of him. There's no doubt that in people like, ah, in terms of needle movers, he really hasn't um, like he's a needle mover in terms of getting people talking. Emotions. <laughs> yeah. I, emotions. I, you know, brother Nate, like does the, his NWA podcast, uh, for post. And it's kind of the running joke that each month when they do it, they don't even mean to talk about him, but something else happens like once every month where he becomes a, a big news story again. And, and he had, I had heard him, I think I said last time on the, the show, Scott, mm-hmm. when I was on with you that he had done media, um, on the the score out of Chicago, the sports station, because um, he had met uh, one of the the hosts of the show at the Blackhawks game, and he was pretty much implying like, "No, nah, I'm like I'm really done right now," and you know, my dogs. He's <laughs> just like I'm gonna be hanging out with Larry, you know, just stuff. Kind of, and and it seemed legitimate. Um, the the one thing like I do want to push back a bit is the thought process that only a couple people knew. Because if only a couple of people knew, they would not have uh, advertisements within like two minutes on WWE shop oh, with designs. Or- the day they can get that ready that day, you know what I mean? The, the of the meeting ten days prior, like yeah, uh, oh yeah, yeah, that too. But uh, there, there was a lot of that online. That shirt like, was probably that shirt was probably made in uh, like October. <laughs> <laughs> it was made in 2017, and there's been like this yeah, intro in there. Come on, baby, I'm ready. I'm ready to just put, he has like the second screen up and just ready the windows. But yeah, like, I mean, there were enough people that, that knew at that point, clearly it it didn't seem like any on-air talent or anything like that. No, but like Fightful reported, like there was only two people that knew uh, right before and Triple H is like, no, no, that didn't happen. Um, That's like the only part I want to push back on. I'm excited about it for sure. Um, it's not a surprise that if it were ever going to happen, that that it happened at the Allstate Arena. Um, I'm kind of sad because I was in town over the weekend. Um, tickets were utterly ridiculous. The the prices for it. There's probably that day about a hundred seats still available for face value, uh, ranging from a hundred dollars if you were above the Tron, um, <laughs> like literally above the Tron. Uh, about four rows from the top to $750, I believe, in the fifth row, the face value. So I was like, no, nah, I'm good. Uh, there's a little bit of fear of missing out, though. Um, kind of wish I was there. Yeah. Hey, man, the price in brick has gone up, man. Yeah. And good for them. Yeah. Like, you know, like if you can, you know, just like the concerts, it's, it's sad that like it prices a lot of people out, but also... You know, if you can charge that much and you're going to sell out, go for it. Good for you. Um, yeah, totally. Um, so, obviously, 
not everybody is happy with this. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's fans. We'll get to the wrestlers in a minute. Um, uh, I know a lot of fans call him a hypocrite. Um, uh, I know for a fact, and and he'll definitely go off uh, on this weekend's episode of the PTB Weekend Special. I know Dr. G is incredibly skeptical and thinks within a year he'll be gone. <laughs> but um, right, it's not a bad bet. No, but uh, however, I learned something today, a news bit today, that I think may assage some of those, I don't see fears, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, I had said all along, so I'm not going to sound like a hypocrite. I'm going to kind of justify it a little bit. I had said all along that I didn't think WWE needed him. Mm-hmm. WWE is, is killing it right now. And Orton's pop was crazy. Yep. And... His pop to start Raw Monday was crazy. And he's, I think, I think Orton is finally, the first, when I saw, let me talk about Orton for a second, I'll get back to Punk. When I saw Orton come out Monday night, the first thing I said to myself was, self, um, finally Orton is the elder statesman of this brand. He is the face now. Finally, that fucking asshole Cena's gone, enough of his bullshit and his ugly fucking shirts, and no more of this guy, no more of that. I am the loyal face of the uh, of the company in that aspect, even more than Reigns. I think Orton finally feels like I'm the guy now. I'm here all the time. I'm not going to do movies. I am a wrestler, and I loved how comfortable he was in front of in front of uh, Rhea when he's like, "Daddy's back," <laughs> and he just said it so like you know, like he wanted to fucking you know, I don't know, well you know. Uh, she's looking pretty good with the boots and the Batman jacket combo there. Um, I love Rhea. So, um, having said that, Punk came out and did a very vanilla promo. Um, I think everyone was expecting AEW digs, but at this point, I think both he and WWE's opinion is well. First off, there's legal shit going on, so yeah, he can't say anything anyway. But my opinion is, even if he, even if there was none, I don't think he gives a shit anymore. And frankly, I don't think WWE gives a shit either. Um, They're not going to swing down from that aspect, you know. In their uh, mind, anyways. Obviously, I, I I think he does care. I I I think I mean there's some definitely some pettiness within him. And again, I love him, but let's like let's let's be honest about stuff that the, yeah. you know that, and especially with it being so fresh. Uh, I think it will motivate him in a in a good way for us, you know. Yeah, because I hopefully he realizes this is it. This is this is pretty much his last chance, and this is the way to kind of seal seal his legacy. To um, you know, to, uh, he doesn't have much time left. He if you know, remembering the AEW run, it wasn't just behavioral issues. There were a lot of physical issues as well. Uh, he. Mm-hmm. Didn't exactly wrestle many matches in the in the time that he was there, due to that. Um, so I, I I think he knows, and and also I think he's been told this isn't AEW where he had a fair bit of creative control. It's a it's a corporation, and there are there are big bosses on top. It's not you know Tony who's you know got the money is in charge, but he's also you know a little bit of a pushover most likely, and lets a lot of things go. There's a very strict pecking order there, and very few people have a little bit of leash, let alone a leash, period. 
And I think he, he's uh, well aware of that. I think he's willing <laughs> to probably play the game. And I think uh, with that clause that you hinted about, Scott, I think the money was right enough to put it in there. And I think uh, for the uh, for the start, anyways, he'll probably be a bit a good boy because I think creatively, you know, things will probably go his way as they invested a lot in him. They probably want to pay that off. Uh, I think that probably the next two WrestleManias, he'll probably be in pretty significant roles. And uh, I don't know. I think that, like you guys alluded to, I think that the ball is in his court to kind of fuck up. And everyone's pointing that finger, ready to pull the rug out from down underneath him. And everyone has a flashlight on the on the whitest bulbs flashing in his eyes, waiting for him to kind of mess up. And I think he's smart enough and level-headed enough, hopefully, to kind of stick, stay on track and prevail. Because he has a lot to give back to this industry. Mm-hmm. As mm-hmm. That's why he's, you know, in the spot he is. Because he's so good at this fucking goddamn wrestling thing, you know? So. Totally agree. Um, um, the, the clause, Steve, I don't know if you know, but I, I know Cultaholic re- uh, re- reported it earlier today. And I think it came from, was it The Torch, I think? It might have been Keller. There is a behavior clause in Punk's deal with WWE. Do I think a little extra money got put in so Punk wouldn't bitch about it? Probably. But you know what? It's like owning the Mets, the Yankees, or the Sox, or the Dodgers. It's probably a little bit here, a little bit there. It's probably not a big deal. But there is a behavior clause in Punk's deal that he needs to, quote, quote, behave, behave. It, I'm sure it was very easy for, for them to put in with the history, <laughs> especially the recent history and his exiting history of uh, before. So as right. change, as one can allude to, um, and uh, hopefully he's been going through some things to kind of put himself in a position to change. And um, hopefully it works out for him, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, um Here's my thing about here's my thing about the approach he's taking here as compared to uh, what happened in AEW. This is my take on it. Um, when he went to when he was when he left WWE in 2014, uh, Vince was in charge. Uh, Vince's guys are a bunch of untrustworthy, swarthy bastards. The you know the fucking Kevin Dunn, Bucktooth, fuck faces, and all these other Jack Wangs. Um, Jack Wings, <laughs> fucking and what fucking Wings, 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 uh, lost cousin. <laughs> you like that? Um, and all these other fucking and Laurenitis and all these douchebags. Like, like they're just parties. fucking they're assholes. Like all these parties. Yeah, you know they're just assholes. And Punk uh, had to deal with all these assholes, like most of the roster did. Fast forward ten years, Triple H is the boss, and these guys want to make money. These guys want to do business. It's all in the end about putting on a great show and making a ton of money. And I think to that end, um, they all know that behaving makes our wallets fat. Well, not ours. Makes our wallets smaller because we're giving them money. Makes their wallets fat. <laughs> so our wallets are going to be much smaller. Um, now, when here's the other difference. The now, difference. I, I, I'm going to make my point, please, and I'll open the floor and I'm curious your guys thoughts but when he went to AEW okay he went to AEW thinking you know this company's young it's hungry it's vibrant you know Tony Khan's a fanboy I could probably do what I want here and and not um you know not much will be done to me 
And then two things happened that he noticed right off the bat. Number one, um, the quote EVPs are a bunch of are a bunch of fucking numb nuts. And he's probably like, why do these guys have management positions? They're they're idiots. Number two, after certain things probably went on backstage, Tony Khan kind of put himself in a position the way Eric Bischoff put himself in a position in 1998 with Hulk Hogan. He wanted to be his pal. He wanted to be cool. He wanted to sit at the cool table in the calf with the cool kids, the jocks. He didn't want to sit with the nerds. He wanted to sit with the cool kids instead of being the principal. And I think after a while, Punk's like, these guys are jackasses. Man, I could run this fucking place. You know what, Tony? I want my own show. I don't want those guys on it. I think he tested uh, Tony Khan, and Tony Khan went, okay. <laughs> um, now, <laughs> Tony Khan is stuck with three TV shows that he probably didn't even want, but, well, at least, well, no. Three TV shows, one of which he doesn't need, but that's another story for another day. Now he's in WWE. Um, does he like and trust Triple H? I think he probably does. Probably realizes Triple H is growing up a little bit. And um, and I think he realizes this is a real company. Nick Khan is not Nick Jackson. <laughs> okay? You know? And we don't have a bunch of video game playing weirdos in man- positions of management. So I think Punk respects the hierarchy of WWE. And at the same time, he goes... And I'm sorry, the AEW fans are going to hate me for saying this. One show in London was probably really great, and I'm sure he got paid very well for it. It's still not WrestleMania. And that still pisses him off Mm -hmm. that he was not in that triple threat on April 7th, 2013 in East Rutherford, New Jersey. He should have been champion all the way to that match. And then if if Cena wanted to pin Rock, so be it. I don't think it was losing the title that bothered him. It was not being on last. And not getting that payday, too. And not getting that payday. I'm sure he got paid pretty well for job and a taker. I'm sure yeah. he did. But, I think that was, that was, it was like the combination of the thing, right? Because right. it's always been the way that you get that giant paycheck, and he felt that he helped right. carry right. the company that year doing all the... Which, ironically, he's going to be, you know, I'm I'm assuming he's not going to be on every single week. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of people who have been grinding on house shows. They're like, well, that's one more person that's uh, one more part-timer that's going to jump ahead of me in the the pay line. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, that was a big part of it. It was just, I won a main event WrestleMania, which I get. I mean, doesn't everybody? You think that most people who are involved in wrestling want, want that as well. And now that Mania is two nights, he gets two chances. Mm-hmm. And we all know that Cody and Roman will probably headline night two. Um, Punk versus somebody will headline Saturday night. And Roman and Cody will headline <laughs> Sunday night. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on, my, on, on what I said, like about the management structure and the maturity level? What, what do you think about that, Rye? Well, CAA once represented CM Punk as an agent in the UFC or in personal matters in Nick Khan 
used to run, be president of CAA. So I'm sure right. there's some dotted I's and back-end room relationships and uh, professional trust to be able to at least get the language correct to take this risk and take this chance from a backstage aspect of what's going on here. Um, will one day CM Punk and the WWE uh, get divorced again, break up, not go to prom, so on. Safe to say. But in the near future, I think that the uh, we're going to be okay from that aspect. Um, are we still talking behind the scenes here? Or you guys want to kind of get into the to the TV show aspect of it? Because we have a lot to jump into here, but I don't want to jump around too much. I want to stay focused on my thoughts as I kind of go forward. What's What do you say, Scott? Yes, of course. Steve... Quickly, your thoughts on my management thing, and then I do want to talk matches. We're going to definitely talk matches. There's right. no doubt about that. I don't want to be definitely too jumping, Scott. I'm a newbie here. You know, buddy? I no, want that's to all right, brother. Life. It's all right, brother. I like that. I like the fire. I like that. I like the fire. Steve just says, oh, we're going to talk Daniel Bryan. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> um, I, I, I worked with seven clients today. I, mean, I just sometimes just like to get along. <laughs> Go along to get along, you know? <laughs> um. So what, what, what do you think about that, Steve? Like, like Punk is going in here thinking this is a better, I don't want to say better run company, but it's run by professionals. It's run by I don't by think managers. you have to go without saying that. It's well-established. It's a corporation. Right. It's it's run by by actual bosses, not a bunch of guys who sell T-shirts and have tags. That's, I think, Punk's thinking. Was Punk wrong in a lot of what he did in the AEW? Totally. Totally. Oh, yeah. He's got some serious... Anger issues that a man of his age should not, his age and his uh, tax bracket should not necessarily be having. But I I will say, I can see his side, but uh, to your point, for a 45-year-old man to go absolutely ham like he did, it making the money he does and going so unprofessional, that doesn't work for him, man. He should be above that. But uh, I could, he was proked and prod, and I think they knew what they were doing to an extent the whole time. But, and there's a lot of jealousy, a lot of losing of favor. And, you know, this is our company. We built this. And then on Punk's side, being like, well, I'm a bigger star. You guys want to get to the next level. I've been to that level. Let's go. You guys are doing so many things wrong, but he's also a generation younger than these guys. So there's a lot of mixed feelings. At the end of the day, Scott and Steve, I, I hate to say it, but it comes down to the check man down there. He he let too many things fly. Uh, Steve, you alluded to it. He He's a little soft on the wrist on whipping the chain over there. And he just got a gut railroad on every aspect of it. And we'll never really know it because of the kind of the paperwork trail that hit it all, so to speak. But I think it's safe to say that it kind of all the fingers should poke to all of them, but ultimately to TK himself. But ultimately, yeah, he's, he's, Punk being the most professional and being the most seasoned vet, he should have been the true leader and not let it go that far. Well, yeah. I mean, he's the, yeah, in terms of all that, of, of course. Um, he, he can be 100% right, but uh, being involved in not one, but two physical fights at any workplace is... Um, well, not something that uh, adult or even children uh, really do. 
Um, so th that's like my like the biggest disappointment for me where I get the love hate relationship with him. It's like he's so good with so many things. He, um, um, you know, like the voice of the voiceless thing, like he he fights for people. He is a good coach. He's a good leader. Um, a lot of people look up to him um, and took people under his wing in AEW. Um, he seems like a good person. He seems like a great friend. But it's like, dude, stop shooting yourself in the foot. Like, let he's not just afraid. he's not afraid to stand on a hill. And sometimes that hill is a little too, you know, his he doesn't see the full picture of that hill. You know, he'll can't get off of a point on a hill and he doesn't get off of a hill and he's staying on that hill until that hill crumbles, self-destructs, you know? Yeah, um, you don't. Yeah, and you don't stand on top of the hills like, like rotating in circles with your fists out. <laughs> no matter, it's, it's not the standing on the hill that I have a problem with. It's like I said, uh, a grown ass man uh, starting fist fights. Um, you got to physically move him off the hill. <laughs> he he wants to smoke. He wants you need to. You need to get the uh, the seltzer water and the muffins from uh, from Mindy's. <laughs> You gotta coax him gently. You gotta coax him gently off the hill. That's funny. funny. No, but you better um, bring machine guns on this hill, man. That's right. That's right. You never bring a knife to a guy with a machine gun or whatever that whatever Piper said. All right, let's get to some fun topics. Enough of the backstage yeah. shit. All right. Um. Obviously, his first match will be uh, on January twenty seventh uh, in Tampa. Um. A lot of people seem to think that immediately we're going to get him and Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight Championship. Um, I have two schools of thought on that. If that's the case, he's obviously not going to win. Because if that's the case, I can't see a rematch at WrestleMania because we don't do that shit anymore. Rematches at WrestleMania. That doesn't work. I think... I would put because the other rumored name that suddenly popped out of nowhere for WrestleMania with him is uh, and Rai, you had a good comment today on uh, on in our chat about it. I think it was you. Um, is Steve Austin because that's a match everybody wanted ten years ago when they did that weird stare down during the two K fourteen commercial or whatever it was. Yeah. The other school of thought is Punk wins the Rumble and picks Seth Rollins. And then we find another way for Cody to face Rollins. Who cares? Tournament gives a shit. You'll find something. They'll do something. Maybe one of the chambers in Australia. Yeah. And, and, and that's and how Cody gets, gets uh, Roman in the other match. Um, the third thing is Punk just wrestles somebody. Wins at, at Mania, uh, wins at the Rumble of the match, and eventually somehow Cody wins his second straight Rumble, so he gets Roman gets that Roman. way, and then Punk gets a shot with with uh, Seth. Maybe he wins a chamber, wins the chamber in Perth, and picks Seth, or not picks Seth, but he wins the chamber for that belt. So there's your three schools of thought. He wrestles Seth at the Rumble loses and then somehow maybe gets a specialty match at mania maybe austin maybe somebody else he wins the rumble 
faces Seth at WrestleMania. Beats somebody at the Rumble, wins the Chamber, wins if one of the Chambers in Perth is a number one contender, then gets Seth at Mania. So that's the three schools of thought between between now and Philly. After Philly is a totally different beast, but that's another chapter. Let's focus on now to the first weekend in April in Philadelphia. What are your thoughts, Steve? What path do you feel opponents-wise Philip gets between now and Philadelphia? Okay, Let, let's just look at my chaos model first, which is what I would <laughs> just like to see. Just for the sake of chaos, I'd like to see somehow the story with Cody not get finished and oh, just keep into it, continuing for perpetuity. So like <laughs> punk, like punk beats reigns and, uh, you know, like, or punks beats Seth for the title. And, and like, I, and then the rock happens to somehow come back, even though I've been saying for God, since well before COVID, every single mania, I'm like, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I have to eat my words now because Punk already came back to AEW and now Punk's back in WWE. And I didn't think either of those things were ever going to happen. So now, like, that's my, my, my blow the whole world up and let me laugh and eat popcorn and drink Mountain Dew is The Rock comes back. And then it's like Punk versus Rollins and a grudge match and Roman versus Rock. And and Cody just is in the back, like, crying. <laughs> no, that, yeah, just like, oh, God, that would, that would just be hilarious. Um, th- there's a lot that he could do. And I don't, I don't necessarily think having him uh, at the Rumble first is needed. I, I might want to put him out in just a, a match on Raw uh, or Sm- SmackDown. I'm, I'm sure he's not going to be stuck just on one brand. But, you know, even if it's like if there's a ton of collisions on a Friday again, uh, throw him up there like a tune-up match against someone like a, like a big name, like a, like a Nakamura or, um, I don't know, like an AJ or something. You know, something like that just to... To get him in the ring, pop a huge pop rating, a huge rating. Um, um, get the crowd excited, you know, for that. And then, yeah, I don't know. Like, this Seth Rollins thing, I don't know if you want to wait until April for that. But there's also a whole bunch of other people. Like, you got Owens, like, who's... So many. <laughs> yeah, so many. Like he's got a lot of people that he's pissed off that will do business. Like I'm sure the Miz will do business with him. The Miz and uh, Daniel Bryan had some, those great promos where they were frustrated with each other and, you know, yelling and screaming at each other. And they were figuring out how to do business uh, with themselves. I, I think that that would be a program. Miz and punk uh, Rollins and punk. Owens and Punk, Austin and Punk, if Austin is healthy enough to to do that, um, it, it just goes on and on. And then the other part is, will Punk stay healthy? Well, guys, it's I, I ultimately think it comes down to what you want to do with Roman Reigns in his title reign. 
Because if you want Roman Reigns to continue this title reign past WrestleMania 40. Forever. Just do it forever. And, and physically go for Hulk Hogan. If he wins at 40, he's going for Hulk Hogan. CM Punk is the ultimate candidate to go in there and lose to Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 40. Win the Rumble, and he calls a shot for Roman. You do the kind of wise man aspect of the middleman between them. Because he did mention a wise man twice. Wise man did say, if you want to get to this brass ring and go grab it, you might have to leave to come back to grab that brass ring. And then you have the ultimate CM Punk heel coming back as the part-timer, lying, cheating, manipulating the system, the system that tore his first run down, that tore his body to shreds, that got him to a spot where he is now by killing himself back in the early 2010s. And now he's back in the early 2020s, 10 years later, 10 years wiser, knowing the game, knowing the system, ready to take over. And the wise man is good in his pocket to dethrone the Roman Reigns. And then you turn Roman Reigns babyface and CM Punk's your ultimate heel. And Roman Reigns is victorious and he can continue in we're full sledding, full circle back there. You can do that and you can save Cody for down the road. To finish the story, because if you go Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania 40, the story has to finish. Homeboy cannot survive one more spear in a three count at WrestleMania 40 and and not finish the story again. So I think if you want to end that story, if you want to end that title, Roman Reigns title range, you got to go Cody. If you want to end it, you could go Punk. But if you want to continue it, I would use this CM Punk chip molten hot. I don't know if he'll ever be as hot as he is here, especially as a baby face coming into the company. He could turn get hot again as a heel, but right now coming back to the hump company, 71 million views, um, T-shirts out of the galore, fucking money, money, money right now. Put him against your biggest money draw, CM Punk versus Roman Reigns. Punk wins the Rumble. He was gone for 10 years. His first match back after his last match 10 years ago at the Rumble. And he just wins it, and he goes straight for the big dog. All the Seth Rollins stuff is a precursor. It, it, uh, we can get to that down the rain, down the road too, potentially. But he calls a shot right away. Roman Reigns, if that title reign, your biggest poker chip right now, is that title reign at 1,100 days coming up, and you want him to continue that, CM Punk is your hottest act Rome there. If we don't have the Rock, like you said, Steve. <laughs> That's what I would do money-wise, unless if you want to go Stone Cold, CM Punk one night, and The Rock, Roman Reigns the other night, and then Randy can turn on Cody, and they can be in a, a second from the top match. You know, <laughs> <what I mean? laughs> they keep Open Cody. the mania at night one. So I think CM Punk has a lot to do with what you want to do with Roman Reigns. Hmm. Well, I think I it's think been pretty much said. Early. Um, I think it's been pretty much said that Rock and Cena are gone. Uh, the the strikes over. Safe too, yeah. Yeah, the strikes over. They're acting now. They're done. Um, that's why I think uh, uh, Cena took like thirty seven spikes to the throat in uh, Saudi Arabia. <laughs> I, think that was, I think that was pretty much throwing him right to uh, so much. Yeah, Fast and the Furious eleven or whatever the fuck he's doing next. Um, and one spike for every Fast and the Furious sequel. Yes, <laughs> and every Marine. <laughs> um. Roman and, and and that's tough. That's tough. I mean, Roman is right now 
an amazing options, heel. Scott. There's a lot of good options, man. It is. Roman's such a good heel right now, though. Um, he is. I I continue to ride it. Who says Cody's got to end the story with uh, with Roman? Maybe he maybe uh maybe they'd have to tell a really good story to do that. They'd have to have something in their back pocket that they could really rely on because man, you come back the night after WrestleMania 38 and you say you want to win your daddy's belt and that daddy's belt on your fireplace mantle and then you go for the other fake belt which is the B belt. Yeah, I think that would be more damaging than going against Roman and losing again. Yeah. You got they I, have I think Triple H actually Triple wants H. I think Triple H wants to get to to reuse the winged eagle. I think he wants to. He wants to pull out the winged eagle. That's just how Triple H is. Got to be at the way he buy the glow bell from Billy Corgan. But what was it on Raw where Cody was looking at that glow, wing eagle when he was doing like the WWE merch <laughs> where he hid the stars? He did, star- right? <laughs> yep. Because yeah. His hand kind of sexually caressed the winged eagle. The look, the classic winged eagle that I will be winning in Philadelphia. And he um, did back the IC belt in 2011 or 2012. So he has the history of bringing back classic belts. He indeed does. He indeed does. Um, how about one guy I think Punk should not. If you're talking about injuries, uh, Steve, and Punk's health. One guy I would not give Punk is Gunther. <laughs> yes. Gunther will fold him up like a fucking 25-year-old lawn chair. And that'll be the end of that. Oh, man. But those, those would be – that would absolutely be electric. Punk would have to be, go to a retirement home early, but it would yeah, be – Yeah, because Gunther's like I, – I was like 11 when you were big. I don't really give a fuck about you or whatever the fuck I was. Like, you don't care. Um, he would uh, throw oh, one vicious yeah. chop with a forearm. In a punk's in chest, punk's and chest. he'd break both of his ACLs. Yeah. It's terrible. I don't know how physically that would happen, but he would figure out a way. The tattoos would fall off his skin. <laughs> um, so, and and we're, we're not going to, we're not going to talk about a full WrestleMania card. We'll sculpt that as we head down into the winter, more of the card itself. We have two pay-per-views to do first. Because I'm thinking... Because that that that's almost as difficult a decision for the bookers to make as anything else is, does Gunther lose in Philadelphia? Because right now, um, just because he's on the show, I think you'll easily see Logan Paul drop the U.S. belt to uh, to L.A. Knight. That's, I think, set in stone. Um, What to do with Gunther is a different story, but that's another conversation for another day. Gunther's not wrestling punk. I'm just saying I don't think that's going to happen. And again, we have two shows. We have two shows where a number one contender can be made. That's a big thing. We've got January 27th in Tampa, and we've got, I don't know what the date is. I think it's like February 23rd or something in Perth. Perth. So we have two... Pay-per-views, both where number one contenders can be generated. Um, Punk won a chamber. I believe it was 2012. I think he retained the WWE title. Um, 2013, Um, he was not in a chamber. He jobbed to The Rock for a second straight month. I'm sure that made him happy. Uh, (laughs) Um. 
So the question is then, what do we do in Tampa? Um, do we put Punk in just a throwaway match? Do we put Punk in the Rumble and he wins it? Do we do Punk and do we do Punk and Rollins and just get it out of the way? You seem Steve to be leaning towards Punk and Rollins at the Rumble just to get it done. Is that your thinking? Yeah, I, I think that we have to remember too. Like they, you know, they usually plan out the Mania events well in advance, and this is going to throw a little bit of a curveball into it. But that uh, video of Rollins. Uh, went almost just as viral as the punk thing, like his response to it. Uh, he's Rollins is already giving public responses, like on house shows about it, and the next uh, on the next, the next night Friday. as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The next I, I, like it, it's still only November 30th, so December 1st is when this is coming out. Uh, so even to the Rumble, you still have almost two months. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I just, they, they've been doing way better the last couple of years about building longer term stories. Cause it used to be, they would just be able to do one and it feels now that they're able to do more of that and intertwine other people into that larger angle, like with the bloodline, for example, and then bringing Sammy into the fold and then Kevin, and, you know, they're, they're much better at that now, but two months not to have that seems like a lot i i just think that that would be a, a royal rumble match and you're probably not going to have rollins in the royal rumble match anyway so that's what my guess would be would be punk and rollins at rumble now i'm usually always wrong on these things uh except for the rock at media which i'm now again a, a total 180 i'm a, such a proponent for it let the chaos rain down <laughs> so it, ultimately I think the biggest disappointment in the Monday Night Raw uh, interview segment what a promo from Punk to close the show was there was no fireworks uh, you know, I, I mm -hmm. looked at it and saw it as a, a closure to him re-establishing re himself and arriving back in the WWE if you look at Seth Rollins clearly he's the guy that they're going to target you know, CM Punk to first you assume um, so, and then you look at Seth Rollins in present day, he has a Jey Uso feud going on. He has a Drew McIntyre feud going on. So they're not just going to throw all those plans away to fill December and January's, you know, you have eight Monday Night Raws leading up to the Royal Rumble with no pay-per-views. And it's, you know, it's football season. It's NFL, it's college bowl season. You're going to face an NFL playoff game. They're going to have to build some big Raws as they're in, you know, negotiation time right now. So these Raws are important. They're not going to throw them away to matches that they have already laid out and established just to have one CM Punk and Seth Rollins face off and then get to it two months later. So that felt like see, they're not ready for that. But obviously they wanted to you know, illuminate Seth Rollins in the the awake of Phil coming back at the Survivor Series. And they, they did a great job with that. They knew it would go viral. They paid no attention to it yet. They hinted to it, both of them, um, on Monday Night Raw. But they knew social media would do its the dirty work there, do the brunt work of getting that shit out there. And for when they're getting it hot, but when they're ready to get it, they can really put that shit on the stove and heat it up when they get it there. So they did a good job of setting things up. It just wasn't time. And 
to the WWE fans on Monday Night Raw, what, 60% of them at best don't watch AEW and haven't seen CM Punk in forever or our, our newer fans have never really seen CM Punk in a live aspect besides old Peacock watching or whatever. So a lot of these fans, believe it, <laughs> Yo, <have> Peacock <laughs> watcher. <laughs> never. <laughs> we're keeping it PG here, I guess. So <laughs> a lot of these fans, you know, us Arden fans are like, why the fuck didn't we get Seth Rollins and CM Punk in a pullaway? But they got to like establish CM Punk and present him as the star to build up to the reaction that he got the night or two nights before that. So I right, understand right. what they did on Monday night. And yeah, it was a little disappointing and it was absolutely a letdown because they had it at 15 on a scale to 10 and they brought it back down to like a seven. And they will get back up there because they did such a really good job of laying the groundwork, but they had to kind of massage and maneuver around the plans that they have with Drew, with Jay Uso, and all these characters that they have gotten hot and established and putting their time and their grunt work into. And so they want to cash those chips in in the next uh, few weeks here. So I'm not mad at them, but I understand both sides of the fences. But anyways, we're talking about building up to the Rumble. Um, part of me likes Seth uh, Punk being in the Rumble because, you know, he had his meltdown and he left the night after the Rumble and his last WWE match was the Rumble match and his first one back. That's a cool bookend story, right? And I'm a nerd and I like that 10-year bullshit. But anyways, but the money match, especially if you're not doing it at Mania, is Seth Rollins. But how can you get CM Is Seth Rollins going to get dethroned by CM Punk? at the Royal Rumble and have a big title match at WrestleMania is the question. Like, who's your tight champion, Scott, going into WrestleMania as we kind of figure out and work our way to CM Punk at WrestleMania? I think we just kind of need to build these building blocks before we kind of just put something substantial down, I guess. Yeah. I mean, we haven't heard. I'm guessing that Roman will be at the Royal Rumble. It's in his backyard. Um, I would say so. That's, I'd probably face Orton if you believe the reports. And Orton being on Raw on Friday, you would kind of assume so. Any, you know, him alluding to the Bud line. So that's probably safe to say. Mm. And he's just been announced for three SmackDowns before Mania. The 15th, which is up in Green Bay. And I I don't have a calendar in front of me for 2024. But, like, the what would be probably be the two SmackDowns before the Rumble? Okay. You're talking about Punk? Um, I'm sorry, uh, Reigns. Oh, Roman. Um, well, let's see. Let me bring out the calendar on my laptop here. Um, I think, let's see. So you said, so it would be, uh, so wait, you say that again? You said December. He's definitely going to be in, because that's uh, Green Bay. That's my neck yeah. of the woods on the, on the 15th. Okay. Yeah, so then it would probably be, it would probably be two in January. Probably the 19th and the 26th. That's what, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm trying to, And it doesn't, the good thing for them being on a Saturday, it doesn't affect the playoffs because the next day, the 28th is the conference champion, is the conference championships. So at least they don't, they don't have to butt up against that anymore. Oh, okay. Actually, it's December 15th, January 5th, and January 19th. Oh, so all of January. 15th, 5th, and the 19th. 19th. So he will not be on the go-home SmackDown before the rumble the next night interesting well, um, at least well, as of now yeah 
I mean, that could change. They probably don't. Honestly, they don't have to probably push those tickets. So why would they announce that? Yeah. So mm-hmm. probably just say they're already going to be there. Yeah. Um, interesting. Interesting. So. Does Punk. All right. Let's do two scenarios. Let's say um, it's it's Orton Roman at the Rumble and Punk wins the Rumble. Who does Seth face? Gunther. Say that again, Scott. He said, uh, Ryan said Gunther. If, like, the actual scenario, though, because you had cut out on my end. Oh, I'm sorry. Um... So, if Roman's facing Orton and Punk wins the Rumble, who faces Seth? Gunther. Yeah, Gunther's <laughs> a good one. Do, do you risk Gunther losing? Do you risk Gunther taking a loss even if the IC belt's not on the line? Gosh, they'd have to do something with them. And they've put too much... Seth has put too much work in to just be put into... Uh, Random match. Drew? See, Drew? So many baby faces on Monday Night Raw. They don't, they don't really have... You You, you could yeah. do... Uh, you How could about do Drew? Drew. You could blow off Drew. He's been... You know, he's been pushed to the back of the line. You could do someone from the Judgment Day. Um, yeah, because you have yeah. Damian Priest out there, too, that we haven't really discussed. Yeah, well, you could easily, honestly, you could even get like a Braun Breaker, someone like that as a heel brought up to the main roster. He has a history with Seth. You know, you think he would come up right away, right after the deadline or whatever. Someone fresh to throw in to start the year. I don't know. They 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 have a deep roster. They could pull something off for Seth. Okay. Next scenario. You have Seth and Punk, Roman and Orton. Who wins the Rumble? Well, who's who would be faced? <clears throat> who's your champion coming out? Is it Seth? Well, I don't want. I don't think Cody should win the Rumble again. I don't. I think he would be fa- the fear of facing a little backlash. I don't. It, it, you have if Cody wins the Rumble. He has to beat Roman again. You know what I mean? So right. who would who would win the Rumble? Maybe Gunther would win the Rumble. Well, let's, get- let's just assume. Let's just assume no belts change between now and Mania. Because if Seth. Because if Seth and Ro- and Punk wrestle in Tampa and Punk wins the world title, now you this is a, we'll have to do another <laughs> episode for two hours. And what the fuck we do now then? Does Punk start another five? Does Punk start another freaking? If that happens, that Seth, happens quits. Seth quits. <laughs> Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is all elite. <laughs> Here's the thing. This is the most interesting Seth Rollins has ever been in the in forever was the the moment right after Punk arrived was the most interesting he's been in right. God knows who long. You know what I mean? All his fashion was stripped. It was just Seth Rollins who was pissed off. Who and Seth Rollins is a good wrestler. Once he takes the glasses and the wonkiness off, he's okay. He's fine. But that shit's stale. <laughs> it's been stale. You know what I mean? Right. So he's the theme song. Yes, the it's so much that is so much deodorant, and guess what? It's the it's the seventh hour of an eight hour deodorant strip. That shit's getting stinky. You know what I mean? Let's be real. Yeah, 
It's. I feel like every WWE theme song has some type of oh in the middle of it <laughs> somewhere. Um. I I I can't see. I can't see either Seth or Roman dropping belts. Before, well, Roman definitely won't. Um, I can't see Seth dropping the belt before Mania. Unless they have another idea for him. Or might they do like a Punk Rollins like schmaz? Do we want Punk's first match to be a schmaz? Or does it matter at this point? Because he's... I'm not saying want. I'm just <laughs> saying... I'm just trying to yeah. think that, what might happen. Match again. Um... Yeah. Uh, uh, what if Punk? What if Punk announces I want to start at the bottom, and challenges Dragon off for the NXT title? No, I'm just kidding. Um, that would be pretty awesome, though, wouldn't it? No, I mean, they're not gonna. They're not gonna put him against Darby and have him be good. Phil, he, he's hot. They know what to do. With <laughs> Darby. <laughs> yeah, he, go face our Chad Gable for fucking six weeks. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I would not be surprised if just for the shits of it, he does show up on a Tuesday night just for the fucks of it. If they're going head to head, absolutely. Yeah. But they got their deal and they stopped going head to head. There's no head to head in the 4C future. So they stopped caring about NXT. Let's be real. Yeah. Steve and I have talked about that. We're kind of done with all this head to head bullshit. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, kind of done with it. Dick measuring um, contest. So, I think the match would be Gunther and Seth at WrestleMania. Then, and then you—that's kind of what you do there. If say Phil goes off and faces Stone Cold, your big four men's match or your big three men's matches could be Cody, Roman, Stone Cold, and what's his in CM Punk, and then Gunther and Seth. Well, you know, those could be your three big men matches. And, and, Seth could, and Seth could be rewarded. Seth could be rewarded by having his title reign keep going after Mania while his Roman loses. But I mean, it's been pretty. It seems like it's been pretty well documented that Roman's gone for a while after Mania, like gone, gone. Um, he's, he's gone. getting the Brock. He's, he's getting gone, the Brock gone now. Heat. He's getting the Brock heat for being a part timer. I think that's a, that's an issue. The WWE's got to kind of um, deal with is the perception that every top-level guy is a fucking part-timer. Um, and there's another guy that we haven't talked about, speaking of part-timers, that I'm sure is going to be returning. And when he, when he left in September, don't think you thought that Philip would be returning. I think we know who we're talking about here. There's a name that is, that we are not, uh, that we have not mentioned. Cole Cabana. Boom, boom. Dun, 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 dun. Boom, boom. No. Um, Cole Cabana. Um, Scotty Goldman. Scotty Goldman. <laughs> Scotty Goldman. Imagine Punk says that. I want to wrestle Scotty Goldman at WrestleMania. He gives a pipe bomb and calls him out, waves at him. <laughs> Now, let's 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 kind of talk about this for a minute. So, we're going into the Rumble. We're talking about Punk. We're talking about Orton. We're talking about what about Mr. Lesnar? 
in a rumble match? Any in any scenario, like like what, what's it? What's a spot you could put him in that wouldn't disrupt the apple cart, Mister Gray? You can't face him. He's not facing Roman, so he could put him against Seth. You know, he could be. A, he's a free agent, so, so to speak. So yeah, he can go to Monday Night Raw and be the challenger of the month for Seth. And yeah, they've worked together. I'm sure Brock likes working with Seth. And uh, yeah, that that could do decent business at the num at the Rumble. Give me Brock and Gunther, or give me Death. Yeah, that's the ultimate match right there. But do you really hold on? Do you? But let's talk about it real quick. Do you think Gunther is going to be able to go in there and do his thing against that big old farm boy, or do you think he's going to pull him in like Braun Strowman and say, "Slow the fuck down, big guy." <laughs> <laughs> And then that would Braun Strowman's dumb enough. He's like, all right, I'll slow down. But Gunther might not slow down. He might have that ring is sacred to him. That might be a shoot. And we might have our little a slap off. And I don't know. I don't like my chances for, for, uh, for think, Gunther on that one. I think Brock has his people that he respects. And um, like Finn Balor, uh, if you remember that match, um, yeah. how much that Brock yeah, gave to Finn, Finn Balor more so than other people. And I know that Brock likes him a lot. Um, maybe this is just the fanboy in me, like making shit up in my own head. Um, but like they had that big face off, if you remember at the Survivor Series two. No, that was Keith Lee. Uh, but then when did they no, have the face off him? Rumble this year. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Okay, thank you. I'm so bad with dates now. Um, okay. I just feel like that they would work really well together. That they would. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, they would lay it into each other like, you know, chops and hits wise, but also not be brawn and be stupid and unsafe so that you get a legit knockout blow from Brock. You know, Gunther's vicious, but he's hitting you in the safe spots. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Brock respects him. I think Brock would respect him. I'm just, just saying, like, you know, just being out there and funny with it. There's a, a, what, an absolutely amazing match from, I think, I think it was from Germany. Where it was Gunther when he was Walter and like, you know, 70 pounds bigger against Will Unwill. Uh, there's an Osprey match too, but like it's like Zack Sabre Jr., who especially then was like a beanpole. And Gunther, Gunther just, just gave just him like him. the biggest chops that if he wasn't safe would have probably gone through Sabre's entire body and just cleaved him off. So that's like, mm. yeah, it's knowing how to do it the right way. And I think Brock would have fun with that. And that that's, that just seems like a a, a Gunther-Sheamus match or a Gunther-Drew match. That would be my okay. WrestleMania main event. Yeah. The other part of it is, is, you know, it's not exactly like they knew Punk was coming in. So they, they're going to have to be sitting around a table doing this as well. That's kind of low-key why the Stone Cold thing makes sense. But then again, mm -hmm. but then again, you, this is Punk playing obviously he has a relationship with sap he's released stuff through sap this could be punk's way of politicking stone cold like the fans saying yes like the fans said yes to him to the wwe right this is kind of his playbook for him to kind of throw a little nugget out there to casually have ross slip something out there because it could be something he wants or something he's kind of aiming to and this is his you know way way of playing chess mm-hmm Mm. So there's a small chance it could could happen. Stone Cold did wrestle two years ago. It's not like he didn't wrestle. The last time he wrestled was 2003. That is true. Um, 
I definitely think Punk will have a prominent role in Perth at uh, at Elimination Chamber. They're going to want to make big international money on that. Um, cool. You know, you're going to he, he's going to go to Paris for for uh, backlash. Um, will he go to Saudi? <laughs> yeah, that you know, there's the hypocritical stuff, right? That's the stuff I want to see because that that's what. That's what's a bad look for me, especially with the the thing with Miz. Um, and it's not wasn't the only time where he would he brought some you know the blood money stuff out. Will he uh, essay bloody dick in? Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> down the future. <laughs> but that's where the X's and the O's and the uh, the zeros come into place and. When the dotted line said, hey, we have these dates, and you look at all those zeros, do you remember your past, and do you eat your words as you look at your zeros? Um, I think at I this think point, I think Triple H is cringing these fucking last four Saudi shows or whatever. I think he's like, will this deal just fucking end? Because that deal was all Vince. That was all Vince. I think Triple H is like, can this fucking deal be over now, and we can go to like other places to do things well 2008 Um, so they're halfway there (laughs) yeah holy crap jesus when did that deal happen 2008 was the first one the greatest rumble 2018 i was gonna say 2008 jesus yeah Yeah, oh my god feels like like it it does feel like it it does feel like it um do we see aj Not hit, yeah, not styles. A, the wife. A rumble spot. You know, I can see a rumble spot. That'd be fun. Seems like something she'd be into. Isn't she rolling around with the girls in whatever she's doing? She was or on she, heels. She was on heels. Heels. Okay. And wasn't she um the glow or not the glow? Uh, what was what's that CW show? Um, I feel I feel ignorant right now. But there's a CW show, all women show, and she was an executive producer, wasn't she? I'm sure she was rolling around with those girls. I'm sure she could. Easily get into rumble shape. I think ring shape and ring shape and rumble shape are two different things. And I could see her joining the Royal Rumble and having a little run and getting a great pop. Mm. Perhaps. Perhaps. Mm. But I definitely think that he, she would be. I think, and I think she would be. She would love to be in this era because here's another another great worker who got stuck in the Kelly Kelly. Yeah, right uh, before Bella sisters. But- you know, era of crap matches and bikinis and boobs and stuff. Um, and she was, I think she, she was now, a good bridge to the between the two hours for sure. Yeah, um, it was pretty much her and Beth Phoenix for the most part, and I guess Molina. Um, yeah, I mean we've we've thrown a lot of stuff out tonight, guys. I mean, there's a ton of options, and it just hit me about Brock. Like when I just brought it up, like, oh shit, he's coming back. Yeah, you don't even think about them. That's crazy. They kind of get along. I contend. I, people hate. Here's here's Rye, where I kind of go with you with unpo- with opinions that nobody likes agreeing with, and I die on those hills. I still think that him and Punk at SummerSlam 2013 was better than Cena and Daniel Bryan. Uh, low key, yeah. That's just that's me. I think. Well, they're both great. They're both. Oh no, I love the I love the 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 Cena uh Brian match. I absolutely do and it's on my it's on my they're both on my uh WWE top 100 list. They both are. You know, they're both swimming up there, but I prefer as I got to about 
<laughs> an hour ago. I am a CM Punk fanboy with a badge on, and I can't deny it. You know. So I own I own five fucking T-shirts, man. Five. I have I had the one, the gray one with the badge. Well, like you said, the badge, the one that said in Punk We Trust. I have the one that said Knees to Faces. I had the uh, the one where he was where it's, he's holding all the arrows. I had the stained glass one right before the feud with Taker. And I think I have one more. Um, so I, <laughs> I'm in the camp, man. Uh, I could never get the AEW shirt because they never had the right, they never had my size. It was always, you know, because I usually get XLs or 2XLs depending on the, on the, you know, shrinkage. And uh, I felt like every time I would go to Pro Wrestling Tees to get the punk shirt in AEW, it was either small, medium, or 4XL. So, <laughs> so. Um, so I never did get a punk shirt from AEW. I don't know how many he had. What do you have, like two? Um, um official ones? He had a few. Did he? I only remember But the he had, like, so many of his own personal ones. I'm actually yeah, just going yeah, yeah, to AEW still up. Yeah, AEW uses, for those that don't know, AEW uses, like, PWTs as their distributor. They don't have their own. They're no, they don't have a shop like, uh, like, uh, like, uh, like WWE does. I think he was still the sell- highest selling merch guy there as of like last week. So I'm sure <laughs> some, of the, some, AEW, some AEW shirts are butt ugly. Oh yeah, some absolutely. Of the WWE yeah. shirts are butt ugly. I was really, every time I, I'm looking at Orton's new shirt and I'm like, yeah, it's not a good looking shirt. It's too, I think it was Chad that said it uh, when we were, when we were recording earlier this week, WWE sometimes gets over crazy with the inking on their shirts. Like, there's sometimes they, their t-shirts just get too just fucking busy. Minimal is better, you know. Um, but anyway, that's so a we got a lot to think about. We got a lot to think about. Um, um, gun to my head, gun to my head. Give me, give me Roman, give me Punk, and figure it out. You know, saying I don't think we're gonna get Stone Cold. Let's be real. It's it's fun to say we'll get the Stone Cold. Yeah. I don't but, want Stone Cold like for the yeah, sure. I don't want him to get hurt. You know, I don't want him to like mess something up or to be like kind of with a me. disaster. Of course, I would get excited for the build up to it, and I'm I think that they swung and they hit a strong double off the wall with KO and Stone Cold again. I think we they'd be kind of. Kind of try to hit a double again, and this I don't know if they're going to get a hanging curveball to hit that double. You know what I mean? So, yeah, no, I agree with you on that, right? They'd be kind of skating. They'd be kind of skating on ice a little bit with that one. So I don't really think we'll get that one, but I think my two hottest, my, my biggest poker chip is this Roman Reigns title reign, of course. And my hottest guy could be CM Punk, could be Cody Rhodes. If you want to end the reign, go Cody. If you want to maybe end it, but you probably want to continue it. In or you want to accelerate and change all the and change all this Roman Reigns heat and throw it on CM Punk at WrestleMania with a Paul Heyman swerve after all the hints or whatever. I would do that, but I would do Cody Rhodes just to play it safe. That guy's earned it. He wrestled the most matches in your company in 2023. He remained over. He after taking the L this year, taking one for the team. Let's be real, taking one for the team so Roman continue. I would do the right thing and put it on Cody. But if it's still Roman Reigns season, I think Punk is the choice. That's where I would go. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, one question I, I wanted to get to. We had, we had some time. We had a little time left. What um, 
on our CM what Punk is, episode. <laughs> yeah, I know. The Punk what episode. Is, um, what is... Let's ask ourselves this. What... After this acquisition, from an outside observer, how does AEW look in all this? Do they look like bitches? Like, thank you for handing us Phil and making it better than you did? Or... Are people like, well, WWE's bunch of suckers. Suckers. What do you think the perception AEW has around wrestling right now, Steve? Um, I think it depends who you talk to. I mean, there's definitely people who I've seen, and I won't name names, but who completely did a 180 after bashing Punk for years and years and years, and all of a sudden it's great again. Um, I, I think they did what they had to do. Like, I don't blame AEW for what they did. I don't think they really, I don't think he really had a choice. Um, and I don't, I, I think WWE is just taking advantage of the situation. Like, they, like, like everyone is at some way a winner in, in this. Um, it's, I, I don't know, it's kind of strange to look at it that way, in a way, but, uh, WWE for them, like you said, Scott, they didn't have to do this, um, but it's low risk. It really is. It's a low. It's an absolutely low risk. The money's not a factor. They could pay him ten million dollars a year. He's the, like that way back for them. Absolutely. Yeah, That's, and even if it, even if it completely blows up in their face, and they paid him like ten million a year, that's like pocket change to a company that size, right? And so. Right. You might piss off a couple people, but it's again a, a different animal than AEW. It's a big corporation. Like, fine, just fall in line. Um, a lot of people have been there for a long They're time who have just kind of been at that that same level. So, I I I think it's a win win for everyone. I, I again, like I think if AEW kept them around, I think it would have looked worse for them. Mm-hmm. I really think that people would have come after Tony Khan. I think a lot of AEW fans would have come after, not like the ones who think that they do nothing wrong, nothing wrong. but like, but, like you're letting this guy run the asylum and do whatever he wants and not have any control, which was already the way that was going. Like he just, it just is what it is. Like, I guess, I guess the, the perception that people feel like, and this is me, this is how I think. If the if this happened, if Seth was legitimately like legitimately fucking hated him, Tony Khan would put one on Raw and one on SmackDown and 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 be done with it. Triple H is going to sit the two down and go, "Listen, jackasses, do you want to make money or not? Get the fuck over it. I don't even care if you shake fucking hands, but you're going to WrestleMania whether you like it or not." Yeah, that's and the I that conversation would come across as an AEW. Would you want to make money? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's right. just like if they if the if the EVPs wanted to make money, they do the right thing and work with CM Punk, their hottest, and make that work. <laughs> that would have been a thing. But and that's I why I think I think and 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 that's why why I think Punk had no respect for those guys. They didn't act like EVPs. They acted like a bunch of fucking. Uh, they acted like talent. There's, you can't be both. Came, they came across as Jeffo, the whole thing. You know? They didn't have the but, big picture of it. They didn't have their EVP hats on. They had their their own 
hats on, really. Correct. Correct. But we won't get it. We've debated that to the moon, so we won't get it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go down that road. I like I like AEW. I root for AEW. I want AEW to do well. And obviously, them entering this wrestling world has done nothing but absolutely great things for the whole fucking landscape of this company or the whole landscape of this whole wrestling universe. Maybe it hurt the indies at first, but the indies found their ground. You know what I mean? They stole all their talent with AEW or NXT when they started chipping talents. But the indies found their their footing, right? But AEW entering wrestling has been nothing but fruitful for everyone involved, including the wrestlers, which is the most important thing. Those guys have gone up. The uh, the company, WWE, has gotten their shit together and made more money. They've gotten out of their own way. They've taken themselves serious because AEW is a viable existence. So, yes, you can shit on them all you want, but they are sledding in the right way. And to, yes, get rid of Punk, it's like a step back to hopefully take two steps forward. Because Mm -hmm. there was just too much friction there was just too much bad energy. They couldn't get the guys to get along. If the, They could have taken two steps up. The recipe was there to take a fucking leap up and do business with the punks and the elite and whatever. But they couldn't get over their own egos. It was too fragile. They didn't put their EVP hats on. We can get down that road another day. We already gone down that road, whatever. So they right. need to get rid of punk to take two steps back to hopefully take three steps forward and get their shit straight. We'll see what happens with the whole contracts. And the new TV deals, because that's going to be crucial to for what they look like going forward. Do you think that's why? Uh, do you think that's why perhaps Steve um, AEW won the bidding war for Will Ospreay? Because I think WWE's like, you can have him. I'm going to go talk to Phil. Do you think WWE even tried? I think they put out a feeler. I, I always knew Osprey was going to AEW just based on his personality. And like, if you um, read a lot of his interviews over the time, like he didn't even really want to move to the United States and mm-hmm. AEW has given him the opportunity to continue working for New Japan all the time. I, I don't think that he was ever seriously considering WWE unless it was like, like an offer that you absolutely positively could not refuse. Right. Yeah, I think you nailed that with the whole States thing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Letting him yeah. stay there come over for a little bit and continue his life as is and put a few extra zeros on his paycheck. Absolutely. Yeah. Another question to think about, Steve, before we wrap both you guys, before we wrap up, is New Japan in trouble? Um, I don't think so. I think they're completely... I, I don't think they're as important to the United States as it was a few years ago, but they're a Japanese company in Japan. Like this other stuff is just any of the other stuff outside is just bonus for them. Um, even their American stuff is almost more of this like an American indie that has right. a little bit more, a little you know, a little bit more access to top guys. It's you know they're drawing like a thousand people, if if that, when they're in the United States. So um, I don't think they're in any trouble. They're backed up by the company that owns them is super duper duper rich so so. no i don't i don't think they're in any trouble i think the interest levels goes down uh it will come back up again as in the next couple weeks as wrestle kingdom um pretty much the whole card is i Mm -hmm. believe is set Um, yeah 
but you know people will start talking about them more than just like they start talking about them more around uh g1 time do you think i'll ask you this first rye do you think that that with WWE promoting a ton of Asian workers, the really good ones, obviously, damage control is pretty much Bailey, a banged up, um, what's her name? Dakota Kai, yeah. Dakota Kai, and then three amazing Asian wrestlers. So Kyrie Sane, Dane, Asuka, Asuka, and, and uh, um, EO. And now you've got Knock, who's actually kind of showing his personality more. That's a whole Triple H thing right there. Yeah, he's done great. Is this a precursor for them wanting Okada? Do we know when his deal's up? I don't know for sure. It's been January-ish for those guys, right? Yes. Yeah, it's like end of January usually. I think most deals come up after Kingdom. I think. Mm-hmm. Now, Scott, can I throw a scenario at you? Back when Certainly. Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson was a free agent. Nick Khan, in the negotiation, please, it came out that he would allow him to do New Japan. Correct? Is, am I am I remembering this correctly? Mm-hmm. So would I they? Believe so. Would they use that leverage or that open mindedness with a a, a um, Okada bidding? aspect and saying yes you can kind of do that thing but we just want to use you kind of like how aew would use you uh you, you you're a part of us and you could be kind of a part of them and you can kind of have like a brock lesnar schedule type a part-time schedule with us and we'll present you as this big international star you'll be the biggest thing since sliced bread in america um you know we'll prop you up you're shinsuke's buddy we've done a great job with him like you were said of earlier you we've propped up all these japanese stars on the women's side of things, and um, we just present you as the superstar that you are, um, you know, 20 to 25 percent of the year. And then you can maybe have a few dates in New Japan on their big show still. Would they do something like that to get him? Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. They would not. New open mindedness. Yes. Two point conversion. Cowboys. Right. <laughs> am am yes. I open minded enough? Yes. yes. <laughs> I'm open minded uh, enough. Would they be open? Because Okada's a big fish out there. They would could see in you know AEW in for that kind of slice of the audience, so to speak. AEW does a lot of maneuvering with the Ospreys and whoever to make that stuff happen with New Japan, and they have a good relationship with J- New Japan. Would the WWE be open minded for their biggest star, the biggest star in Japan in X amount of years? Would they do that? Would they so, be open to it? I guess to back up his question, uh, Steve, you seem still very skeptical in the WWE way of doing things. So you don't think Triple H thinks less like Vince and more like us than you think? Oh, no, I definitely I definitely think that. Um, I think Triple H. I also know that the WWE didn't allow Nikki Bella to be advertised on a USA show uh, just over the last couple weeks. Is that Johnny Laronitis heat, though? <laughs> <laughs> they're select- uh, don't forget me. They're still selective with their heat. Don't get yeah, me wrong. I'm not, I'm not that's saying some, they're not. That's some, 
next level petty. And that kind of stuff doesn't come from Triple H. That comes from above his pay grade. And the contracts are above Triple H's pay grade as well. And, and don't forget me wrong, Nikki Bella was all, I'm not sticking up for Triple H here or the WWE, but Nikki Bella was shitting on that women's division that Triple H did ramp back up, that Triple H did ramp up in 2004, 5, and 6 or whatever. So, yes, they had, I believe they had one comment on a red carpet somewhere. Yeah. Uh, that they, like the day after that they didn't like, so, like how one angle was booked. Yeah. Right. So, like, and that's what, like, they're not going to, and again, this is not a WWE thing. This is like a business thing. Like if I'm working for, I don't know, I'm just going to come up with a, if I'm walking, working for Walmart, am I going to, you know, is Walmart going to let me go work with uh, another company in China on the side? No, like that's not going to happen. You and they have shouldn't. all sorts of contracts in place. So there's not competes. And Tony's different because he's uh, he's like a fan. It's it's like more of an independent mindset. It's like an indie he's mindset. The, and he's trying to eat that market share. Don't get me exactly. wrong. So, but, but I've always but, been. I've always said, and Steve, you and I have kind of haggled this. I I think that's a stu- I think that's stupid. I've always thought that that is a dumb wrestling business model. And and the biggest example of that is when Moxley got hurt. Got hurt. I think in a New Japan match while he was embroiled in a storyline in AEW. This whole letting guys work elsewhere is dumb. From a grassroots perspective, yeah, it's nice. Everything's nice on paper. But when you're paying a guy to be in your biggest promotion, and then you let him, quote, go somewhere else, and he blows his fucking knee out, well, you're fucked. Yep. So I've never, ever agreed, and I get crap. For that a lot because no one wants to think of the money side of it. Yes, capitalism, blah blah fucking blah. But the fact that's the fact. Sorry, that's 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 the no, absolutely. Like, I'm if I'm I can't even like you know, like leave the company I'm working for and you know, like bring anything that I'm going to another company with. Like, my my wife, her old job worked for a big Fortune 500 company, she couldn't even work for another competitor for like a year. Uh, wow. They're not, yeah, like, it's, you know, WWE is a giant corporation. So, like, no, I don't think there's um, any chance of that. And, and, like, remember, too, it was just a few months ago or about a year ago that they weren't even letting the talent do Twitch uh, streams uh, playing video games. Until Triple uh, H got in, in kind of waved the white flag on that and said, yeah, go ahead. We worked out the paperwork to get it done. I'm just thinking of the Triple H side of the thing. I'm being open-minded to it. I'm giving you like a a 4% scenario, let's be real. But I'm just presenting an Okada question to kind of get him because he seems like he's comfortable where he's at. He's the biggest star that they have. Yeah, I don't know if he's going anywhere except maybe for a – I was just looking up. He makes over $2 million a year there. Yeah, he's a generational superstar. Don't get me wrong. So He's also – He's oh, also aged – you said this too, uh, Steve. He's also aged a little faster than his age because of the – I mean, from 2014 to 2017, he had the he had his foot on the fucking pedal. Um, so more aging in the WWE, right? So he came over. He was kind of a little beat-up goods, right? But right. Like, I, I could see a lane where Triple H would see that foresaid market share – and just be interested in kind of snipping at it. And and to the baseline of my argument, Tony Khan, uh, Nick Khan, excuse me, 
did present that scenario to a guy that they had in-house in Brian Danielson. So I think that the two guys that just got the CM Punk deal done may be open-minded to it. That's the only reason I bring the scenario up. I don't think it's super far-fetched, but I, I highly doubt it would happen. And Daniel Bryan's been more beat. Bryan Danielson's been more beat up in AEW than he ever was in WWE. <laughs> I mean, my God. He's getting kicked in the eyes and losing limbs. And, and, kind of a, and back to Punk, since this is the CM Punk episode, that, that's kind of an argument to keep on why Phil might be a little more healthy in the WWE due to the style. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's not It's not as much car crash. Car crash here. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I would argue against that one. Bryan's because he just takes things too far with the way he hits like he does it too hard like punk was injured on like basic shit well that's true too i mean punk well we'll see no but you're right yeah, like too. really basic shit it was, well, yeah. it was also a little freaky jumping into the stands and shadowing yeah, that was that was something that was one of the injuries he also almost murdered himself trying to do the um hangman clothesline twice uh yeah i mean that that, that that's phil right there yeah but Gentlemen, this was a ton of fun. I had a blast tonight. This was really great. Mr. Gray, it is an, it was an honor to have you tonight in your debut episode of the main event. Tell everybody, um, because you are so prevalent, thank you for walking across the quad from the No-So building. What do you do over on uh, the No-So? And, of course, you're always welcome back here and on any shows here on the network. But uh, what, what, uh, tell everybody what, uh, where everyone can find you and what else you do over there. Uh, my main focus all year has mostly been uh, the YouTube side of things, trying to ramp that up, getting that going. Uh, it's 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 crazy because it's a whole new with the algorithm over there. It's a whole new set of eyes that you don't really have to work there. You don't really have to work hard to see if the algorithm is your friend. As you learn the tricks and the trades of that algorithm, you can kind of catch a wave there. So I've been doing a lot of short content around uh, pay-per-view side. I kind of grab someone from the pod of the quads. And we we preview one match per night, and we'll do a anywhere from a six to a 18, 20 minute, you know, kind of rundown on what's going on for those wrestlers or that feud heading into that match. And we just release one a day leading up to the pay per views. And uh, I had the uh, Cronoso side of things, where every you know one match is represented by one person and I just splice it all together and kind of we chronologically go through the WWE in the eighties. And then I sprinkle in debuts. I sprinkle in key moments and superstars or whatever. So, uh, you know, that's kind of my contributions to the no. So in the quads of pods. Awesome. Awesome. Well, they're great. I'm actually going to be on an episode of Cronoso in the near future. I believe it's my second one, I think. Um, yeah, so I look forward to that. Weekend. That's next weekend. That's next weekend. Looking forward to that. And, uh, of course, you're always welcome here back as well. Oh, you guys know Steve. We don't have to read his resume. Um, he's not fragile. Um, I just cry myself to sleep every night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. That was out loud. Oh, what? Um, anyway. <laughs> have a wonderful weekend, everybody. I uh, hope uh, we had a good week here on the network. Um, uh, we had a new episode of uh, With This Ring, Ryan and Cindy. We had a new episode of... Always of Luke Jennings' great shows, um, the Memphis Continental Wrestling Cast and the Monday Night Project. Of course, we'll be back with both that and Hamburg All-Stars this coming Monday. Uh, new episode of um, uh, Highway to the Impact Zone dropped yesterday, if you're listening to this on Friday. This weekend, uh, 
Of course, Dr. G and myself with a new episode of the PTV Weekend Special. He has got more than enough opinions on CM Punk. We're also going to talk about, uh, obviously, things going on in the NWA. Um, Power is uh, on the CW app, which everybody knew was coming. And uh, news on Camille. So we'll talk about that this weekend. And coming up this Monday, a brand new episode of Place Be Podcast, myself and JR. The new format debuts. Mr. Campbell will be with us, and we will uh, just listen to it. I think you'll enjoy it. It was a lot of fun to do, and uh, there's some new wrinkles in it as well. So I hope you really enjoy it, because I had a lot of fun, and JR and I and Chad had a lot of fun in doing it. And uh, it's the first of what could be a new, uh, it will be a new format for us on the show. So I hope you enjoy it. Uh, you can follow the brand on Twitter at PTBN Wrestling. Also today, go on the Place to Be page, um, because I have, uh, I have a uh, request out. Myself and Dave Hall, the co-hosts of Through the Looking Glass. Uh, December is going to be our mailbag episode. We have a few questions uh, in the hopper from the last episode that we didn't get to. But please uh, uh, go on there and give me your, give Dave and I your kind of quick question, Looking Glass. Don't Not a whole. Although if you have an episode topic, we'll, we'll do it in the future. But just like a, in the alternate universe, what do you think about blah, 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 blah. Something like that. Give us, give us any thoughts of anything doesn't have to be WWE, could be WCW, could be ECW, doesn't matter to me. Whatever you want. Does and, it have to be uh, wrestling? Gonna... What? Does it have to be wrestling? Yeah, this doesn't. Have to be Steve Willie's hot takes. <laughs> <laughs> this is random shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, so Dave, because uh, so Dave and I will be doing a mailbag episode for December of uh, Through the Looking Glass, and then also later in the month on the Place to Be page, uh, I will be putting up a poll. Uh, for what uh, Greg Diener and I will be watching on this month's episode of Wrestle Tracks. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the Thanksgiving episode with Survivor Series 87. We had a lot of fun doing it. Your choices are to think about it. The poll will be up on Monday the 11th of of December. Your choices will be, think about it, Wrestle, Wrestle Clash. I'm going to be making up shows like Christian Calloway. Uh, Super Clash 3. That's the one where coked up Kerry uh, Von Erich cut his own arm. Um... Starcade 1993 or Vengeance 2001. So we'll put that poll up on 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 December 11th, and we'll leave it up for a week, and then whatever wins, uh, Greg and I will do. And um, so looking forward to that later in December as well. Have a great weekend, everybody. Be safe out there. Temperatures going up in our neck of the woods, uh, where Mr. Gray and I live. I wonder how the cold will be in Chicago. It's very warm in Chicago. It's hot in Chicago. After this past weekend, we'll see Perhaps how long he For Brother Ryan, for Brother Steve, I'm Brother Scott. You have been in the main event. Talk to you in two weeks. It did snow the morning after Punk <gasps> came back in Chicago. Not a hot. <laughs>